It's This Week in Bourbon, and we're not here to give you inspirational quotes, but it's for the latest in bourbon news. And here's your headlines for December 10th, 2021. Four Roses opens a new and newly renovated 15,000-square-foot visitor center. And according to a new research by IWSR, we are slowly but surely becoming a nation of craft whiskey drinkers. And Stellum Black is a new limited release that has just been announced. And before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of This Week in Bourbon, where myself, Kenny, and Ryan were joined here, drinking a little bourbon, but also talking about bourbon news. And this is, uh, I was, you know, I keep, I keep saying, it's getting towards the end of the year. There's going to be a little bit less news, but it's, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, everybody's just been hanging on to year end. They're like, I don't know. I feel like every week's just getting more and more news. It's, it's like, 10 years ago, there was no news. And now there's <laughs> <clears throat> now every 10 hours, there's news. So, oh, well, it's good. It's good yeah. for the industry. You know? It keeps it keeps it live, keeps it pumping, keeps it pumping. That's right. But no, I mean, like I said, let's, uh, I think we're going to have some good things to talk about. And let's go ahead and we'll just kind of dive into it. And that's what the, the newest, the first headline that I kind of talked about right there is that Governor Andy Bashir he joined some officials with Four Roses today to cut the ribbon on their new center at the Lawrenceburg facility. 
And Bashir said the grand opening is further proof of the state's economic momentum, especially when it comes to bourbon. And so the nearly 15,000 square foot visitor center at Four Roses promises to offer an immersive experience to educate visitors about the distillery's different bourbons, the distilling process, and their unique history. And I guess if you've been living underneath a rock for uh, the past 24 hours and you haven't seen it on all the Facebook news feeds, they, Four Roses dropped a, a, a bomb of a release today as, or uh, on the release day as well. Did you hear about that one, Ryan? Well, yeah, we I think we heard about it a day before, but uh, was it a twenty year, um, in a nice like leather bound case or I've never seen a, a or I don't know what it came in some kind of package, but uh, from what I saw today, anyways, I, I I don't know if it was in a package. I don't know if I saw that, but I did see that it was some sort of twenty year four roses. I don't know much about it. Apparently there was a lot of them because people were saying that at least I could see in my newsfeed that they would go. And this was, I think probably the, the, the funniest thing is that to thwart off people from going through the line multiple times, you know what they did, Ryan? Tell me. Uh, do you remember going to college and like going to a bar and like, how do they ID you when you go to your bar? They just give you a little permanent marker, like right there on, oh, the, no right there on the hand. That's all they did. Big, like a big just, X. <laughs> just Yeah, just a, just a permanent marker line, just right there on your hand. And oh, that man. was a way to help people from, or to help them put people from going through the line twice. And I was like, ah, you know, you know, it's whatever like Avio back in the day, you know. <laughs> then you go up top and throw your ID down to someone else <laughs> so they yeah. could, so they could come through and get their 20 year. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, now it says it like I kind of, kind of want to press my luck and see if I want to go to the, the distillery or not. But part of me is like, well, there's they're probably there's a, gone, right? Yeah, maybe. And part of me is thinking I've got a lot of bourbon. I don't have a lot of twenty year bourbon, but I've got a lot of bourbon. So yeah, and it's hard to drive Morrisburg. I mean, it's not too bad, but I don't know if I want to drive down there. I got we got a lot of single barrels of Four Roses over there. That's true. That's true. We do a lot of the single barrel picks. I wonder so. if uh, while they were cutting the ribbon, if they were like, Andy, let's talk about those taxes, man. <laughs> you know, these <laughs> these storage taxes or, you know, whatever they are. The federal yeah. excise tax. Yeah. We, well, that's federal, but there's a state tax, I think, that mm-hmm. on the, we talked about it, I don't know, a month ago or so. I they, can't remember we, the name of it, but. They get their cut. That's all that matters. Is they get their cut and. No matter what, we keep paying. We have nothing. We have no way to get around it. No choice. No choice. Unfortunately. Well, well, let's keep going. There's, there's, let's see if we can. But congrats, to Four Roses. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, it's a long overdue. I mean, the visitor center was always cool because had that Spanish style. You know, on the outside, but you can go to the inside, and you're kind of like, uh, you know. So uh, glad they kind of got up to speed. You know, with everyone else. So I'm excited yeah, to it see was, it. It was small too. I remember very small going in there, and yeah, you had the counter that took up I think at least a third of the entire visitor center, and you had a little bit of your gift shop to the right. You had a tasting room to your left, and that's that's really about all you had. And I think you know, I, part of this was kind of creating the experience. I think they added a place where it's like a pergola and some sort of like outdoor cocktail experience as well. I don't think you can do that right now in the cold months of December and January, but. Who knows? I might be wrong. We need, we need to get over there and check it out soon. Let's do it on winter break. 
<laughs> All right, so we know that the cold winter season is usually bourbon season, but it's also rye whiskey season. But this is a great article that came out that says rye whiskey isn't actually an American creation. So Lou Bryson over the Daily Beast came out with a good article talking about distillers around the world and how they're all producing rye whiskey nowadays. And he said it's actually kind of quite fitting because, well, after all, a lot of its roots stem from Europe. So David Wondrich, he's a noted cocktail and spirits historian, he said that the first mention of distilling rye in America is in the correspondence between the people in, Massa in the Massachusetts colony in 1648, where one of them asks about a German recipe for making rye whiskey. The letter, which is in the collection of the Massachusetts Historical Society, is from Emanuel Downing in Boston to John Winthrop at Pequoit, and it's dated April 13th, 1648. And it said, I have even now sold my horse to James Oliver for 10 to purchase the still. I pray remember me about the German receipt for making strong water with rye meal without malting of the corn. If this twist in rye whiskey history wasn't enough to complicate matters, Dutch settlers also helped shape the spirit. And he notes that the Dutch were the first to would have been making Genevieve. Well, I'm sorry. The Dutch were the first to industrialize distilling and that they were actually using, uh, definitely the Dutch distilling in the U.S. was very present back then as well. And through the mid-1800s, the liquor these immigrants would produce would have been Genevieve, which is made from two parts rye and one part malted barley, which is what they consider like a Dutch rye, but it's not technically a whiskey. However, it's very, very similar. Um, it kind of goes on to talk about as well is that there's some things in from Denmark and even talks about scotch about how Johnny Walker is starting to get into this a little bit because now they have Johnny Walker high rye, which isn't necessarily a whole new whiskey, but rather focus on a blending. And they take parts of malted barley that have been in a pot still, and they start blending a lot of this together. And so he kind of just says that rye is rising and the future is positively kaleidoscopic. Hmm. Well, I mean, doesn't everything from America originate in Europe? Because a lot of us came, or I don't know, a lot of us a lot came of from it. Europe to here, so it, it doesn't surprise me that it all originated there or somewhere somewhere other than Americas. Because I'm not sure that distilling was ever here. Uh, oh no way! You know, there's, so there's no way you could say distilling was even invented here. That had to come <laughs> yeah. from somebody else too, right? Whether it's rum, beer, whatever, everything originated somewhere else, but we made it famous here. So kind of like that. the cheeseburger. Take that, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and pizza. And pizza. Maybe I think we could take pizza as well. Yeah. It didn't. It wasn't Italy. <laughs> All right. So this is the second headline. And there's actually a few things that kind of go along with this. And so there is a new research that comes out by IWSR Drinks Market Analysis, which we had, I think Brandy was her name. We had her on the show um, a few months ago to kind of just talk about trends that we see in the market and talk about cannabis and a bunch of other things. But there is a new study that says we are slowly but surely becoming a nation of craft spirits drinkers. And so this new report shows that craft spirits, as defined by products made in the U.S. that are licensed by producers to not have more than 750,000 proof gallons uh, removed from bond and who market themselves as craft. And so this is a gain of around 8% in 2020, while non-craft spirits volumes had close at around 5% growth. So while only representing 5% of the volume and 7% of the value of the total U.S. spirits market, researchers, researchers suggest that this trend is going to continue upwards and likely to continue. And IWSR predicts a 21% compound growth annual rate in U.S. craft spirits from around 20 to 2025. And that was compared to just 4% for the non-craft ones. 
And so this is also kind of goes into this as saying that like e-commerce was really a big push into this, especially in states that loosened it up to help alcohol legislation and kind of keep these businesses afloat. And interestingly, the higher prices of craft spirits helped those distillers gain traction, especially in particular market share as where the gains are headed. Who knows? Because right now all spirits categories should see growth, but IWSR sees big gains ahead in the craft rum, Tennessee whiskey, blended whiskey, craft gin, flavored whiskey, and agave spirits base that are not tequila, which they say are right now facing substantial supply challenges. So, huh. I mean, I'm not, it makes sense. Cause I think during COVID, um, you know, some craft distilleries were hurt, but some benefited because of travel restrictions and whatnot. They could go, you know, Dave Picker always talked about with craft whiskey own your own yard. And with COVID, people weren't able to go out. So they were able to embrace, you know, the local craft distilleries. You know, a lot of them had, you know, states embraced like a delivery or shipping within states, you know, maybe not state lines, but craft distilleries were able to ship within their states. So maybe it, you know, intrigued consumers to tr- give them a try because of COVID. So hopefully it continues on. Uh, but I'm not surprised. Uh, we've heard a lot of craft distilleries, uh, you know, benefiting from COVID happening. Yep, for sure. And I remember Pennsylvania was one of those states that ended up opening up shipping within the state and stuff like that. And you think, oh my gosh, Pennsylvania, the almost like one of the toughest states that are out there for it. So yeah. Yeah, and you like, start shutting shit down, you're like, well, we got to make money somehow, so let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's open this up a little Let's bit. look into booze. <laughs> booze did pretty well during the pandemic. We'll, we'll That's keep right. That. But here's some more craft whiskey news as well. So Park Street has teamed up with the American Craft Spirits Association to develop and release the fifth annual Craft Spirits Data Project. And this quantifies the number, size, and impact of craft spirits producers in the United States. And the data is collected from primarily spirits producers, distributors, and retailers. So here are some of the key findings. The number of active craft distillers in the U.S. grew by 1.1% over the last year to a total of 2,290 Uh, I guess DSPs or whatever, in August of 2021. The craft spirits market volume reached more than 12 million 9-liter cases in retail sales, growing an annual rate of 7.3%. And in value terms, the market reached $6.7 billion in sales, growing at an annual rate of 9.8%. And the total market share of U.S. spirits reached 4.7% in volume and 7.1% in value in 2020, which is up 2.2% and 3.3, or sorry, 3% in value in 20, from 2015. Uh, lastly, the amount of capital that's invested by the U.S. Craft, the U.S. craft spirits industry is around $759 million, which is an increase of around $61 million since 2019. So things are continuing to grow. What? That's good. I mean... Hell, five years ago, I thought you'd had to start a craft distillery, but now, you, I mean, let's keep it going. I mean, I think I'm, when people ask us, they say, are you going to start a distillery? We say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it just goes to show you that there is a huge boom that is happening. And I think I think one of those, we had to have a podcast a long time ago when somebody would say, would you start a craft distillery right now? And we'd say, absolutely not. No way. There's there's too much, there's too much in the market. That's it's tough. But I don't know. Maybe there is more room to grow. Maybe we will kind of eat our eat our words here in a few years of well what that's I think there's like. something intriguing and appealing about a craft distillery. <clears throat> I think people, I don't know, maybe this is just me talking and thinking out loud. I think people are with COVID, they they start to embrace, you know, like I said in the last segment that 
they're starting to embrace like local and like organic this and that you know they want to embrace like you know something local and craft distillery something you can get behind you can have events there you can have you know concerts and this and that and i i, I feel like it brings a craft distillery will bring a community together and i think people are searching for that coming out of a pandemic you know it's like so i think it makes sense that uh people more and more it would appeal to more and more people moving forward for sure yeah i and i we've said it before at least i know i've said it plenty of times is that if you think you've got burned by craft once just hang tight because there is going to be a lot of good craft whiskeys on the market that's going to provide a ton of variability from what you've typically thought you've experienced with you know the seven eight or nine big dogs in kentucky that supply 90 percent of the bourbon that you see on the shelves so I, they're definitely doing the most interesting things you know it's like oh yeah they're playing with different mash bills and different grains and they're not just taking one mash bill and doing toasted you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> as one other distiller does so yeah i mean like, obviously what we're, works we're gonna go do that one too exactly so no i'm, I'm all for the craft scene i think yeah the more and you know as long as they do it right i think uh i'm all for it so for sure well not even to be done yet if you want even a little bit more craft news the American Distilling Institute, if you're listening to this and you're a craft whiskey producer, you probably already know about ADI, but they have now opened the call for proposals for the education sessions that'll take place at their ADI conference that'll be in St. Louis, and that'll be happening on September 14th to the 16th in 2022, and you can submit your pro proposals online. And for anybody else that is, maybe you're a whiskey kind of geek, you really want to get into it, this particular conference isn't just for distillers granted it's very heavily focused on distillers and growing a business and stuff like that but if you just kind of want to you know you want to learn more about it and learn more about the business and you happen to be in the st louis missouri area go ahead go check it out it's always a good always good to kind of go to conferences like that and kind of see what's going on and kind of keep your your pulse on the market yeah i always learn a ton at conferences you're like uh it's gonna be a waste of time and then you go and you're like that was really worth it because you you just learned so much and like ideas that you never would have thought of. So it's well worth it. Yeah. And the American Craft Spirits Association conference was just in Louisville, I believe last week. And there were some good, good sessions on there. So always keep in mind, there's a lot of different kind of associations and you can kind of get on their line or get online and I suppose say get on the line, get online <laughs> and check out all the topics and, and submitted talks that are there. And who knows if, if you think that, you know, your stuff, submit a talk and you can go and talk about it on stage. But let's keep going here a little bit. So the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, otherwise known as DISCUS, which we've talked about that a lot of times here before, they announced that they were just granted $1.12 million through its partnership with the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Market Access Program, otherwise known as MAP. And that is to promote American spirit exports in 2022. So nearly a 100% increase over its 2021 funding levels. And since 2014, Discus's MAP activities have directly resulted in nearly $6 million in new exports for craft distillers across the United States. So I thought this was really interesting that the government is going to give them $1.12 million to basically advertise to get more spirits out of the U.S. Well, it makes sense to get more money out of it, so you know that more excess tax more everything so uh, <laughs> it, it all comes back to that doesn't it <laughs> yeah it makes 
it, for once the government's investing in something they get a return on. So I'm, I'm happy for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you this one. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Just give us, give us a few of those dollars. We'll help advertise for you. That's right. So Bardstown Bourbon Company, we all love them, but they are going to test five regional winners from across the country to determine whose bourbon palate is superior at the world's top whiskey taster finale in Bardstown, Kentucky. And this is also the home of Barstown Bourbon Company. And this is going to be happening on Saturday, December 11th, 2021 at 6 p.m. So if you're listening to this on Friday, tune in tomorrow, or you can actually be there in person. So the world's top whiskey taster competition flips the traditional alcohol competition on its head. Instead of challenging mixologists to create interesting cocktails, they challenge competitors chosen from an open casting call to identify various whiskeys by their distinct traits in a blind taste test. And the winner of the competition will not only win the title of world's top whiskey taster, but they also get a $20,000 cash prize, a full scholarship to Moonshine University, and the opportunity to make their own bourbon blend at BDC. The judges are going to be Peggy No Stevens, Fred Minnick, Colin Blake, Steve Nally, and Matt Porter of ADHD Whiskey, who actually won it last year. And we promoted this a little bit earlier. I think it had to have been close to six months ago now, because that's about how long this takes of telling people, go to here, go sign up, and you could be the world's top whiskey taster. Um, but the five finalists, or is it six finalists, are, I'm sorry, it's it's five. I can't read. It's Ben Ward from Manhattan, Michael James Altcat from Denver, Michelle Hagen from Cincinnati, George Laboda from Los Angeles, California, Jake Lelowin from Louisville, Kentucky. He also runs the other podcast, The Bourbon Lens. And this event is actually open to the public. And however, tickets are required. And all tickets will be, all to the ticket proceeds will be donated to the USBG National Charity Foundation to create a lifelong stability and well-being of service of industry professionals. But you can also tune in to watch the competition live on Bardstown Bourbon Company's Instagram and YouTube pages. So there you go. Gosh, I'd be paranoid. I'd, I would never sign up for that competition. Yeah. I'd, People would know I'm a fraud date like right away. I know. I can't even go to Four Roses and tell it, tell it's a Four Roses when I'm there. So <laughs> <laughs> when you got the 10 different recipes. It's, that was true. We did a, our, our last Four Roses barrel pick. We had all 10 recipes there and... I said, all right, I'm going to try to figure out, I'm going to try to pinpoint each one of these recipes. And out of the 10, I got one correct. So yeah. it just goes to show you, I either need to drink more for roses or I am just a uh, complete fake it person. I don't even think I got one correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's, this is definitely tough. a K. And they're like, it's a V. I was like, shit. Well, I got the OE part. <laughs> OES part right. Part right. <laughs> It's tough, man. If, if anybody wants to go and figure that out, gosh, either do it at the barrel pick or have get with a few friends. Just do five. If you can just do five recipes and see if you can nail them, it, more power to you. It's tough. It is, it is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But be I, honest with your results. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the other thing about this competition, I know this for sure, is that you have to go through and you have to try and pick out the mash bill. So you'll taste it and you'll figure out, is this a weeded mash bill? Is this a rye mash bill? How much wheat? How much rye? So it, it's uh, it's pretty pretty in-depth, I think. Good God. I mean, that's like a sommelier, you know. I mean, if screw the bourbon steward. This Whoever wins this should be, the, <laughs> you know, the ultimate, like, 
Well, I guess it is the ultimate taster. It so. is. I mean, you are you you are the ultimate bourbon taster. I mean, you you get crowned. You get the the, the world's top whiskey tater. Ta- I want to see tater, Fred Minnick taster. do this. Oh yeah, let's if we put Fred underneath the gun. Yeah, yeah let's but, put all these judges on there. <laughs> see how they do. See how they do. Besides yeah. ADHD, he won last year, but all he proved the, the panel. Yeah. Yeah, he proved himself. Yeah, that's it. Actually, would be funny because then we'd see exactly who is really an expert and who's just who's who's just guys who has more who has more YouTube subscribers, right? Who's just wearing an ascot? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Fred. I know, but you're not here, so we gotta we gotta razz on you a little bit. All right, so let's keep going. So, Wilderness Trail. They are planning to increase their production once again of bourbon and rye whiskey with the expansion of its new fermentation processes. And so this is going to add six new fermenters that are made by Vendome. And half the fermenters are 4,000 gallons each. And they will be installed within the original distillery. And they're going to construct a new house with three new 20,000 gallon fermenters. And that will begin at the first half of the year. This distillery will now produce around 10 to 20,000 more barrels per year from this expansion. Wilderness Trail will have the capability of producing around 80,000 barrels per year. And this fermentation expansion is not only the area where Wilderness Trail is expanding, it is the distill- they are also adding on more warehouses. So their eighth warehouse will be visible from KY34, which is almost complete. Warehouse K will house 24,624 barrels. And Busick Construction of Bardstown will build five more warehouses on the property's southern ridge. Wow, that's Keep a going. lot. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, it's it's the funny. contract distillings must be booming. Contract distilling, you know, their own products going good, yeah. and they're just good people all around. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Wilderness Trail's great whiskey, and they got you know Pat and Shane are two of the best in the industry. Um, I'm just, you, you do realize when you get in this business that fermentation is the bottleneck of everything because what does it take like three to five days for it to complete a you know a fermentation process and so the more tanks you can get it definitely increases your you know production by you know 10 20 20x yeah you know because you throw it in a still it just takes a few hours of just kind of boiling it and letting it condense and starting it again so yeah that's that's definitely true i i it's just amazing to kind of see this happening. I remember when we first had them on the podcast years ago, and I think all they had was like either like <laughs> that a little pot, pot still. still. Or, yeah, they yeah. Had just a pot still, and that's all they had. And, and now they've got, gosh, I think like what, three 36-inch column stills or something like that. And it's just one of those things that, you know, we've, we've talked to a lot of people in the industry, and nobody sees this slowing down. They only see it going even further up. And especially if you're in the contract distillation game, a lot of people are selling out those contracts for the next three, four, five years, and they could continually keep adding uh, more and more distillation components, and they'll still continue to sell out those contracts. So it's just amazing to kind of see uh, whether we're in a gold rush or whether we're in you know the beginning of a, a really big revolution is, is next to be seen. Yeah, I think it's... Revolution is good, right? Or is gold rush or, good? <laughs> well, you don't want to be a gold rush because the gold rush. Yeah, could t- I was like, gold rush means mean, it's gonna it's gonna it's crash. Gonna, yeah, it's like it's like a tulip thing, right? It you know you don't want it to kind of end up being something where everybody has a rush to get them, and then all of a sudden they're worth nothing. So keep drinking bourbon, everybody. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, things are gonna be good. So, and this is yeah. proof that it's gonna keep continue to be good. So. For sure. Well, I can tell you, not only Wilderness Trail is doing good, 
But so is Total Wine and more because they made the news this week because they saw its revenue grow from $3 billion in 2019 to more than $5 billion in 2020. And this I thought you were because... going to say they're going to make a still. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting the, actually they're already basically in the game. They've they've got their hooks yeah. into Barton and everybody else. So you, you know those two star and all. You know so actually I think it's so funny that you, now that you say this black horse and whatnot. It's yeah. What was it? I forget. They've got they definitely have a a bottle that has a horse on it and it's a bourbon black bottle. stein or black horse or something. It's like something that. like that. I think what's it's funny is that nobody probably even realizes that. Is that it comes from Sazerac and it's the same exact packaging as Pappy Van Winkle. It's the cognac bottles. Oh, yeah. And it's the 23 year old gold foil on them. I always tell this funny Golly. story real quick. I don't mean to deter from the story, but my neighbor was like, you know, I really like this, like, I don't know, black horse, the horse bottle at Total Wine. I was like, I really like this. And he goes, and I really like the Kirkland's bourbon too. And I was like, well, there's no surprise there. Same whiskey. <laughs> 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 at least he knows what he likes <laughs> yeah and it's all the same thing you don't have to surprise him oh no and i told him he was like what it's like i could see his head explode yeah <laughs> all right let, let me get back to this here real quick so uh again they have a five billion dollars is what they saw in 2020 and this is because of shopping patterns really moving to the off-premise during the pandemic and so currently wine makes up 42% of its total sales, but spirits compromise 40% and beer is around 13%. But spirits have also taken a big share away from wine. Tequila, of course, is a major growth category, but bourbon still leads overall. Beer sales are currently dominated by hard seltzers and RTDs, and the retailer continues to build on a success by opening its first stores in Louisiana, Indiana, and Michigan for the first time in 20 and 2021. And yeah, they told, they resumed in-store tastings this past spring, and they're going to be working on reopening their stores, classrooms, and meeting spaces as well. They got to figure it out. You go in there and they, I mean, they make it easy to buy. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's wine or bourbon or, you know, they, they've got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that, love them or hate them. They, 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 they do it. They do a good job. They do a good job. And they, I know they get all kinds of barrel picks. I'm in there every once in a while and they've got a lot of barrel picks and stuff like that too. Um, Let's just also make sure you support everybody. It's not just not just the big dogs, too. That's all right. Yep. But let's go ahead. We'll take a 60-second break, and we'll be back with some bourbon release news. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. 
And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. All right, now we're back talking about some of the new bourbons that are hitting the shelves and what you need to know about in bourbon release news. So the first one is, actually, it's it's kind of already passed, but it hit the news wire, so I'm going to tell you about it anyway. And you're going to be like, Kenny, I I wanted one of these, but, you know, too bad. I'm going to tell you now. So in celebration of National Repeal Day, Old Forester was offering its consumers nationwide the chance to win the opportunity to purchase a rare bottle of President's Choice. And this is their single barrel expression and amongst their finest whiskey made by Old Forester and is the only bourbon brand to exist before, during, and after Prohibition. And this is made by the same Brown family in Louisville, Kentucky. And this year, fifth generation Brown family member Campbell Brown, with the guidance of master taster Jackie Zykin, who you've both heard on the show before, they selected the single barrel for this release. And this is the first time the distillery has offered a national sweepstakes for one of its most sought after bourbons. And it's the first time the distillery has offered, um, sorry, (laughs) I was was about to read the same exact sentence twice, but the winners will be chosen at random and notified on December 13th. And the winners have the opportunity to purchase this special bottle from the Old Forester Distillery, which is weird because you still have to be there in person to pick it up. And this is going to retail for $180. I love those. I've only had the, I think, well, it wasn't the first President's Choice because it came out, I don't know, in the 20s or 30s, but it came back and I had that when Jackie and them first, and it was fantastic. Um, yeah, we got invited to a little sort of press conference with it. That's right. Yes. I, I remember that now. We had Mind Cafe and all the good food and yeah, I what. I want another president's choice somehow. How can we get in this? Do the sweepstakes? <laughs> how, can, how can we how can we select the president's choice? Yeah. We gotta, I want a president's choice. We gotta figure out how to how to shake hands with Campbell a little bit more. Campbell, not only just come on the podcast, but can we do a president's choice with you? <laughs> I swear, everybody's gonna love it. Yeah. It well, it'll sell anyways, but <laughs> yeah, I was about to well, say. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it, I thought it you was don't interesting. Need us. I just thought it was interesting that they were going to do a national sweepstakes for it. Like anybody in the nation, you could sign up and you could win the bottle. However, you still had to go to Old Forester to pick it up, which we're going to start seeing this. I think slowly and surely happen. Where some of these distilleries, I mean, Four Roses did it earlier this year, you know, the limited edition small batch. It was an online lottery, but you had to go to Four Roses to go pick it up. Yeah, we've seen Willett do that too. Yeah, it, but I mean, it makes sense for those distilleries that want to kind of keep their operations in check and kind of keep doing that. Uh, I'm a little sour because it kills our opportunity as being locals and living right next to it, but I digress. I will say that I would hope to see this, and I said it on roundtables before, I hope to see this expand to the point where once direct-to-consumer shipping starts coming into effect a little bit more widespread that they can just do this all the time and you don't have to deal with people camping out deal with people getting really mad or upset or anything like that and it's really going to be something where it's going to be like a collective system where it's it's truly a lottery and i mean unless you can there's always a way to gain the system don't don't deny me that but i think we're, we're going to see this happen more and more 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The the supply there is probably not there to do a widespread online direct-to-consumer stuff. So, you know, a President's Choice is only, what, one barrel? So it's only, yeah. what, 180 150 bottles? bottles, yeah. <laughs> at, at that. Um, yeah, but <laughs> imagine if you're in California, you went in, you're like, well, honey, got to go to <laughs> Kentucky and get my, <laughs> my, my $200 bottle. bottle. <laughs> it's an expensive bottle at that point. Yeah, you had to make the most of your time here, that's for sure. I would think I would think if you win the bottle, they should throw in like a free tasting with Jackie or maybe like hang around at the distillery for some sort of special thing. Because I think there's there's an opportunity there to kind of make it better than just Yeah, hey, where's your wild bottle in? Yeah. Especially if you're already gonna start Do some kind of VIP tasting or somewhere you can taste birthday or the other ones. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hey. Don't just make them come in to get the President's choice. <laughs> but hey, if you're going to take our ideas and run with them, at least give us a little credit. Yeah. Call us. Yeah. So earlier this year, Stellum Spirits launched its flagship bourbon, which is, oh, sorry, Stellum Bourbon and Stellum Rye. And that was to celebrate their modern day whiskey drinker. But today, or should I say this week, the brand proudly announced Stellum Black, which is a limited premium release expression. Stellum Black reveals a natural evolution in the inaugural cask strength bourbon and rye whiskey blends using a meticulous blending approach to layering older reserve barrels into the original blends. And the result is something both entirely new and, well, they say deeply familiar. So Stellum Black Bourbon and Stellum Black Rye were distilled and aged in Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. It's bottled at 109.22 proof and 114.26 proof, respectively. Stellum Black will be available nationwide. It'll be allocated, of course, and online at the Stellum website at stellum.com for a suggested retail price of $99. Well, if Tripp and Joe are behind it, I'm sure it's good. It is. But you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's two things here. I can't wait to interview Joe and talk to Joe, maybe Will, one of these days about sort of like the idea of Stellum and kind of where this is going. It's because, I mean, right, we talked about before, I think it was on, well, actually, I think it's going to be on a future roundtable, <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink, is that, you know, we talked about Stellum and I was like, oh, I'm trying to figure out like what this is. And everybody kind of said, well, you know, Barrel, they keep doing these cash strength releases. And so they needed to bring something, well, A, it's still cash strength, but they were doing a little bit older barrels. And so Barrel Bourbon's kind of like niche is this sort of like 100 to $115 category, maybe $89 to $115 category, depending on where on the market. And so Stellum was able to kind of bring that down to around, I think, 60 or something like that. So a little bit easier for uh, market penetration. However, now they're just kind of going right back at it and going back into the $100 category. So it's, it'll be interesting to kind of understand the the business side of things of, you know, why would you do this unless you're, and I doubt this is the case that you're just sitting on a lot of barrels and saying like, we got to get rid of some of this stuff right away. Yeah. I mean, people are interested and they're always willing to try something new. So maybe that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be interested to see the differentiation between this Stellan Black and, you know, the barrel, you know, batches or what whatnot. So we'll have to talk to Joe and Tripp about it. Yep. Well, One day. I, the 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 blacks just showed up on my doorstep today, so we'll we'll take a little little taste test on them soon. Yeah, and Joe, thank you for the you know last we talked last week we talked about the that gold doing, label's really good. They're doing good things over there. That's for sure. Yep. All right, so let's keep going. Wilderness Trail is still in the news here because there a four grain is kind of rare for Wilderness Trail because their usual bourbon mash bill is around either it's either sixty four percent corn, twenty four percent wheat, twelve percent barley, or 64% corn, 24, 24% rye, and 12% barley. Well, master distiller Shane Baker explained that back in October 2015, 
they were making a seasonal change from rye to wheat. And as the grain bin was being purged to accept the wheat crop, they noticed there was a little short to uh, set full the fermenter with a regular mash bill. So they jumped on the opportunity to work with a four-grain mash bill to create Wilderness Trail's first ever four-grain bourbon whiskey. However, they kept their ester-rich yeast strain, which they use in their bourbons, and went into the barrel at their standard 110 proof. And so these new bourbons are going to be signi- uh, kind of signi- uh, signified of cancer awareness. So they are going to be hot pink in color. And this is also a six-year-old four-grain 110 proof, and it will be sold during December 10th and 11th at their holiday open house. The cost is $250 per bottle, with the proceeds of sales going to their charity fundraiser that supports families impacted by cancer. Uh, There's a limit of six bottles per person for 165 bottles that will be available. Um, But they said as they checked on those barrels over the first few years, they realized that they needed to lay down a lot more barrels going forward. However, that just means that unfortunately, there's going to be a big gap in a few years before they see any more four grain again. But they started producing it and it will be widely available in a few years after this particular single barrel release. They did a I don't know, it was, was a few years, it was like the F cancer, you know, barrels and stuff. Those were, those were very popular. And, you know, it's funny that, you know, because they supply so much yeast to everyone, they probably could, you know, they saw a four grain, they're probably like, well, we could probably dial this in if we have a four grain because we can learn from everybody else we, we work with. So I'm sure it's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's keep going because there's still a little bit more news and I don't want to keep people falling asleep at the wheel or something right here. So, Grain and Barrel Spirits, uh, they are releasing their limited edition 20-year Chicken Cock Cotton Club Canadian Rye Whiskey. Now, at first I was like, what? Why Why is Chicken Cock going to release a 20-year Canadian Rye Whiskey? I, I thought they were, you know, Kentucky, like Kentucky Proud or whatever. And then I started reading and they got a little bit of history in here. I thought this was pretty interesting. So, originally established in Paris, Kentucky in 1856, Chicken Cock was known as the famous old brand. And it was forced to move production up to Canada during Prohibition. And so the Canadian rye whiskey produced during that period was then smuggled back into the U.S. in tin cans, earning the brand the nickname the Whiskey in a Tin Can. It was around this time that Chicken Cock rose to fame as the featured house whiskey at the Cotton Club, which is located in Harlem at 142nd Street and Lenox Avenue. And that was one of Prohibition's most legendary speakeasies. And here's the brand was ceremoniously open tableside where Duke Ellington and his orchestra regularly performed at the Cotton Club stage. In an excerpt from Music is My Mistress, he said, during the Prohibition period, you could always buy good whiskey from somebody in the Cotton Club, and they used to have whatever they called chicken cock. It was a bottle in a can, and the can was sealed. It cost something like 10 to $14 a pint, and that's around $140 today. So again, this is aged for 20 years, and it's bottled in a pre, or sorry, Prohibition-era chicken cock replicatory apothecary style bottle and it's going to be at 100 proof the mash bill contains 90 percent rye and 10 percent malted barley there will be around 9,570 bottles available for a suggested retail price of 500 dollars whoa yeah i was like that's a cool story and i saw the price and i was like "Ooh, that one that one stung a little bit maybe if it came in a can again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess right now, like, you know, maybe aluminum prices are up. It's a lot harder, harder to get that in glass. I mean, I am a, you know, we had this conversation the other day. I'm, I'm a really getting into Can- Canadian rise and Canadian whiskeys in general, but man, $500 is high, but I'd love to try it. I mean, 20 years, right? Yeah. But here's the thing is that remember we did, we did some, some rye whiskey picks from Whistle Pig. What was it? I think it was our, our last barrel picks that we did in 2020. Yeah, they were like 100. 
twenty dollars or something. Yeah, and they were sixteen to seventeen years old. So not and too cash far strength. And cash strength. See? Yeah. It pays to be a part of the Bourbon Pursuit Barrel Club. But we could put them in a can and make them. <laughs> we should have done that. Well, those aren't in a can, so. <laughs> we have to do our own aftermarket whistle pig cans. I'm sure they'd love that. Yeah. All right. So Heaven's Door Whiskey has announced their Bootleg Series Volume 3, and this is the third limited release in their Bootleg Series, which is an annual release of rare whiskeys named after Bob Dylan's famed bootleg albums. And this year's edition features another unique and non-traditional flavor profile, a cask-strength 13-year-old Kentucky bourbon with a secondary finish in Vino de Naranja casks that are native to southern Spain. This cash strength, 121 proof uh, whiskey uh, will be offered in handmade ceramic bottles that feature one of Bob Dylan's classic paintings, Sunday Afternoon. And it's housed in a beautifully designed and individually numbered collectible leather journal with ornate detailing that nods the traditional Southern Spanish architecture. There'll be less than 4,000 bottles released at a suggested retail price of $545 per bottle. And they will be available for pre-order on reservebar.com and on shelves at your local liquor store this December. Knock, knock, knocking on Scotch's door. You know, with all these, the prices, all these high prices, man. I know, man. I love it. We, you love it. I'm. It's either it's either you love it or we got to start charging more. Or I don't know uh, what we it don't is. have to do that. But <laughs> our our barrels don't have that fancy Spanish name to them. That's true. That's true. They just you. They just read it so well. It it just rolled off the tongue. It's I, I I took Spanish lessons when I was in high school, and they they've just stuck with me. Yeah, not me. I can roll I know, those like, R's. Know, like come esta dead or something. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and donde es la biblioteca? <laughs> yeah, me llamo Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we we're ready to go to Spain. Yep. All right. All right. So that, that woke everybody back up, just in case. <laughs> Spanish lessons with Ryan. Here we go. Yep. It's like Dora the Explorer with me. <laughs> All right. So the final release in Booker's for 2021 is their latest batch with 2021-04 called No Strangers Batch with N-O-E as the no hint hint. So this batch celebrates the genuine social nature of sixth-generation master Taylor Booker No, and the way he would turn a stranger into a friend for life in no time. So Booker's way of making friends was second nature, and he took a liking to their products that maybe like when a salesman was selling, he would call to his wife and say, set an extra plate at the table, I'm inviting this salesman to dinner. In another instance, Booker was invited to a rally for the Blue Knights Motorcycle Club, which is an international brotherhood of active and retired law enforcement officers who share a passion for motorcycle riding. And there he struck up a conversation with some of the members, and on the next day, he invited more than 300 of them over for lunch. He had a knack for making friends, and that carried into his work as well. In Kentucky and out on the road, Booker wouldn't leave an event until he shook hands with everyone that wanted to talk to him. And just like that, after shaking hands and a quick conversation, they'd become a fan, a friend, for life. So Booker taught his son, Master Distiller Fred No, to treat others how they want to be treated. And that lesson stands in the No family and holds true to this day. Like they always hit the distillery, come as friends and leave as family. This is going to be 124.4 proof, six years and six months old and 12 days and has a retail price of $90. Hey, I can vouch for that. We we had lunch with Freddie last week and had a dentist appointment the next day, and he's like, come on by and grab some sausages. So <laughs> came on by and got some sausages. So, <laughs> Only if you're Ryan Cecil do you get invited to go get sausages with Freddie No. <laughs> I was like, make sure they're frozen. I'm going to bring my Yeti cooler because I got to 
trip back to Louisville. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I got to give hats off to the, the Beam marketing team. Uh, you know, they keep finding new ways to to kind of spin these things and these stories, uh, which is oh, good. Oh, I love the, yeah, they love the different booger batches. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. You ready for the last one? This is a doozy. Is everybody awake? Yeah. Uh, get ready for it. So remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Arby's coming out with a French fry, French fry flavored vodka? Well... That trend is going to continue because Barefoot Wine and Oreos have come together to create a cookie-flavored red blend inspired by the Stop Nabisco. it. I'm dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. Here we go. It's inspired by their Nabisco brand's Crispy Thins. So bottled at 13% ABV, Barefoot cookie-flavored red blend offers aromas of chocolate and tasting notes that include more chocolate, cookies and cream, and oak, alongside flavors of blackberry and dark cherries. The resulting Barefoot and Oreo Thins Red Blend will be sold starting December 9th exclusively at Barefoot Wine's official website for $25, and you'll receive two 750-milliliter bottles of wine along with one package of Oreo Thin Cookies for the pairing pleasure. This is like, I just envisioned like half-baked or something. These, <laughs> <laughs> these people just sitting around, just coming up with like, just, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's good. I'll it, try it. It makes a headline, man, for sure. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Like I said, we're we're gonna we're gonna come out with one, and it's gonna be united with Kentucky Fried Chicken, and it's like it's gonna be that one. Uh, I think what was it like an Abraham Lincoln quote you want, that says you want I'm, grease and pepper and salt. <laughs> I'm I'm too drunk to chase this chicken. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week in bourbon. A lot of good jokes. A lot of news still. But with that, I'll say cheers, everybody. Stay tuned for next week with another round of exciting bourbon news. Toodles. Can't wait. Can't wait.